Oh my gosh. Final exam. Oh my God. I want to watch that again right now too. Radish. Radish rocks. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry. I'm Julia. This week we are talking about 1973's Don't Look Now. Yes. Directed by Nicholas, Nicholas Rogue. Rogue. And uh, the title of this episode is Fetch Him Back. Fetch Him Back. Fetch Him Back. Yes. Kind of like that. Yeah, like that. Okay. Um, tagline, uh, not blown away by, uh, pass the warning. That's it. Yeah, that's not helpful. No, it doesn't. It doesn't really capture the essence of what this film no. is either. And this movie is so smart that I just I feel like it deserves something better or wittier it's like or wicked smart. All the actors are crazy smart too. Mm-hmm. It's it's cooking with all the gas. Uh, so this uh, was based on a short story that was written by Daphne du Maurier, who, of course, did Rebecca and yes. you know, all these great. And, and she actually loved this movie so much, she wrote a letter to Nicholas Rogue. Was like. You did a solid man. Like you did my story justice. That's amazing. That is very rare. I feel like most I, I writers so. are like, you bastardized my work. <laughs> what have you done to my story? That's uh, wonderful. Uh, there were some alternate titles for this film in different languages. Okay. Uh, in German, this film is called When Gondolas Wear Grief which I quite like. Oh, totally Makes- accurate, because there's a lot of gondolas in this movie. Yes. <laughs> like, a lot. <laughs> and the uh, Italian title is In Venice, A Shocking Red December. Oh, I kind of like that, too. Yeah. Don't look now. I feel um, I feel like it would be punchier. But that's the name of the short story. Sorry to like Yeah. It. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, this film was uh, for Julie Christie. This was in between McCabe and Mrs. Miller and Shampoo. She? And then Nashville. So it's like this crazy string of she- stuff. She? Is one of the best actresses ever. I'm going to just say it. Like, she's so good in this. Mm-hmm. That's they're, they're crazy. Both incredible. Yeah, but like, I we just, I feel like we watched McCabe and Mrs. Miller not too long ago, like at movie night and stuff mm-hmm. too. And she's so talented. Yeah, she's really solid. She does every performance. Like, she's like, you can't like take your, take your eyes away from her. She's, she's so, mesmerizing. She I is. mean, from the first frame, even the back of her head when it like starts and it's her hair. And I was like, oh, I literally, my one of my first notes, I think, was just like hair. And like, I was like, <laughs> so pretty. Like, it's yeah. just. Oh, every frame of her. She's uh, wonderful. I can give you a little alternate casting universe here. Okay. Um, we could have had the real life couple, Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood, <gasps> which I think would have been I very I just got goosebumps for that. That would have been crazy good, I think. Uh-huh. Ooh. To have them, like, really be a couple. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I buy them as a couple in this, so. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, so, we open on this film uh, in rain on a pond. Yeah, it's raining incredibly hard. And you see this like sweet little kid playing out there with a raincoat, little red rain jacket. Super cute. I was just like, oh, 
then I was like, oh no, this is a scary <laughs> movie and a kid at the beginning. I don't know if this is going to be good. Uh-huh. And I got a little worried. So she's playing near the pond with a ball um, and her mm-hmm. brother Johnny is on a bike. And we have uh, John and Laura, who are their parents, who are inside doing their parent inside things. Uh, well, they're looking through, they look like they're like artsy people. That's mm-hmm. what you get right away. You're seeing them looking through like slides and stuff like that. And I was like, ooh, I feel like this is really interesting because the movie's called Don't Look Now. They're already looking at things mm-hmm. and looking through glass and like there's like different distortions in play on what the images look like and what they could mean. So I was already like, ooh, there's already layers right now at the very beginning of this movie. Yeah, and it's it's going to be hard to describe this film because I feel like so much of this film is in the editing of how crazy and dreamlike and mm-hmm. the, the editing is and so how back how it cuts back and forth between action sequences is really incredible yeah they take like a piece of an image and all of a sudden that piece bleeds into the next scene uh-huh. in the most beautiful ways constantly and so you're gonna get this like theme of the red that was in like I think one of the titles you're just talking about too right, right? Yeah. shocking red December. shocking red December. yeah i was like yeah because there's tons of red in this movie mm-hmm. that's like the through line is you get this like image of a red coat or a red ball or like um a red like blood or like red in the stained glass like it's constantly being like shot through that red streak uh, and John Donald Sutherland is looking through some slides. He's looking at a picture of a stained glass window. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the corner of the frame is a uh, red red coat, red hood, looks like. You can't really tell what it is. But all of a sudden, it starts to bleed. And then all of a sudden, he knows. And he like gets up and starts to run out of the room, already knows, and runs out. And He has a sixth sense. Yeah. It's crazy. He knows before anyone even tells him that his daughter is uh, dead in the pond she at drowned. the bottom mm-hmm. in the lake. And this is what I mean with the editing is like the, the, the shots of him pulling her out of the water, this repetitive slow motion editing that makes the moment last forever. And I feel like that's so indicative of what he's feeling is just like this moment is caught in his memory forever mm-hmm. like this. And it's so heartbreaking. And it's just uh, incredible. See, it's, goosebumps for me right I know. There. I see you. You're like tearing up thinking about this it, moment it right is, now in your eyes. It's I just see such you. a, it's so, I, I, I don't, I'm not an editor. I don't pay attention to editing that mm-hmm. much, but I feel like I can't get over how beautiful it is in this film and how incredibly well it tells the story. Yeah, they get the heartbreak right away. Mm-hmm. I just also, too, can we just back up for a second? We're talking about the little girl playing before she passes away. She has like a little army doll and it's like oh. a lady army doll. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that was like I just recently like an NPR this like last summer. Um, some kids were writing petitions for them to make green army men into army women because mm-hmm. they hadn't done that yet with mm. like the little figures here. But I was like, oh. <gasps> That's so cool that like in 1973 or whatever, this little girl has this little army little lady, mm-hmm. but her little toy. So I was like, very progressive 1973. <laughs> There's going to be some other surprises, I think, in this film that were like, ooh, this yeah. is very uh, risque and very like on the edge. I love this film. So, um, yeah. So we get this heartbreak and everything um, once this little girl is gone. And we just go kind of straight yeah. straight to Venice, where they are now. Uh, he's working as it, he does restoration on cathedrals. Yes. So he's working on a cathedral nearby. Uh, she's with him. And then their son, Johnny, is away at school in England. So um, she's writing a letter to Johnny. And they have this kind of, they're going to have a nice dinner, it looks like. But they also seem quite frosty to each other, I think, in the very beginning, where even him touching her hand seemed to be kind of forward a little right they know you know it's hard because they're still both still dealing with grief basically it looks like he's just driven driven like directly and diving into work yeah and that's what he's decided to do and she's doing whatever she can to kind of cope with what's happening in herself this really tore her apart i mean if you lose your child like this she's just devastated 
And so, and he's kind of gone into himself as well, the, um, the father, John. Yeah. So they, uh, they run into uh, these sweet little ladies who are uh, in a cafe. One of them just gets something in her eye and Laura just wants to go help her. And it seems so innocent. Well, also, like, she doesn't really want to go help her right away. John tells her, go help them. Mm -hmm. So it was really, the, it was very strange. I was like, these little ladies look weird, is what I wrote. I was like, these ladies, old ladies seem suspect. I was like, I don't know what's going on with them. I thought she asked him, should I go help him? Um, yeah, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, he's like, like, go, go, go it, help. It, he was, like, distracted, though, too. Yeah, he really wasn't paying Because he wasn't really paying attention. He's, like, looking through his work stuff still. And so she goes to the bathroom with these little old ladies. And it's like, they turn immediately. And they were like, hey. Like, they, once they get the thing, get thing out of her eye. Mm -hmm. Like, by the way, you we know you don't need to be sad. We've seen your daughter. She's, she's right here by you. She's, she's laughing. Laughing. She, she was sitting at your table with you. She's like, my daughter's dead. And they're like, no, no, no. Yeah, we see her and they describe her like exactly like what she was wearing the red, little red raincoat, rain mm -hmm. the whole bit, and so she's really shaken up. And so she kind of they 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 have this conversation, and she's in the bathroom for a really long time. Like he he's never eating his meal. I was like, why did he not go there? On her, I was like, what? What? It's what? been like an hour or something, yeah, right? Like, dude, like he had them. He sent her food back to the kitchen to be heated up. So it would be warm when she got out. That's how long she's been in the bathroom. Yes. Now, wouldn't you, Wes, wouldn't you go check on Michelle? Like, he's like, yes, he would go check on his wife. Yeah. Um, I think anybody would. Like, it's, I would go check on my friend if they were gone that long with some random ass old people. Sure. Even if they look like, maybe like they might be nice old people. But like, I could be like, she's dead. That's yeah. what I would think. I'd be like, she's dead. They've killed her in the bathroom. Yeah. She's well, done. I mean, maybe that says something about how distant they are, that he wouldn't go check on her, that maybe she disappears in the bathroom frequently. Or how distracted he is. Or, well, actually, I think maybe she does maybe get stuck in the bathroom frequently or, like, stuff like that. Because we find out a little later that she's dealing with some other mental health stuff and has, mm -hmm. like, pills that she takes. So maybe he's just thinking, maybe she just needs some time. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, But she comes back and sits down. and She doesn't sit down. She does sit down. She's then she says, she sits down and says, I have to stand up. Oh, and then she stands up. And then she and stands then, up and then she falls over and a tremendous slow motion crash through the it's table faint yes and all this gorgeous stuff on the italian table <laughs> on the ground so they take her in the in the amazing uh, venetian water boat ambulance yes these like gondola venetia and like like it's so cool because all the waterways are the, are the highways here yeah. so there's a lot of really beautiful boat scenes i really want to go to venice it's my dream right now ah. and this movie made me even more like well now i have to go but now i need to watch out there yeah. are crazy old ladies <laughs> in the bathroom that tell me they see my child that i don't have right because <laughs> venice it makes venice look beautiful it also looks makes it look very scary and menacing so you know but you could visit these locations. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can mm -hmm. find the locations online. Right. Um, so they go to the hospital and yeah. the next we see, time we see her, she's like laughing. Laura is giggling like a child because she, she's um, in this room that has shares a window with all these like a nursery. So all these kids are playing and jumping around and she's like playing like hide and go seek with them and like giggling. And I was like, who is this woman? We have not seen her like this at all in the film. And she's so happy and she can't wait to tell him that like, it's fine. It's good. Like, uh, well, she, Christine's fine. She's here. She's laughing. Yeah. It's no big deal. Like, and he's like, uh, she's dead. Yeah. Like he has no nothing. He is like, yeah, he's like the beyond atheist side. I think like, he's just like lady, like, uh, that's he, not a thing, but he's like, if it makes you feel better, I'll support it basically is what he kind of gets to is like, you've never looked better. Like you look amazing. Like you really look like a, you're transformed and like a weight is off you. Yeah. And she does. Great. 
So uh, they go home. On the way home, they see a murder scene. Um, mm-hmm. we, there is a killer on the loose in yeah. Venice. We find out about that because there's a bunch of boat traffic, and they're like, what's up? And that's it. Uh, and they see the, some policemen who we might see later uh, on the way on the way there. And then all of a sudden, she feels an urge. She has to go to a church, wants to go light yeah. candles. So they're in, the, in their gondola, and he, she's like, pull it over. Pull this gondola over. And they go inside a church yeah. and hop on up, and she's got to light candles. And so luckily in Venice, there's lots of churches to just be one right there. Tons. But and, I, and I love that John is like, comes over like, I don't like this church at all. Like that's it. And I'm like, when have you ever been in a church, like a beautiful church in Venice? And be like, nope, don't like it. Like, Well, he is also into restoration. I know. So he's probably seen a lot of them, I'm guessing, in his line of work. And like, that's kind of what he does. But yeah, who does that? Like, just impressed. this guy. <laughs> well, also, I think he just feels weird because she is so like, all of a sudden, strangely religious. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we don't do this. We don't church, mm-hmm. like basically. And he's he's just like floored by it. Uh, but they do see the ladies at that church, mm-hmm. strangely, um, and they are very late to meet the bishop who is overseeing the restoration, the St. Nicholas Church that he's working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that church is quite, quite run down. Right. But before they leave that church, she walks away and her candle goes out mm. that she's just lit. Snuffed out. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that can't be good if you're going to light a candle for somebody. And it goes out like that, that fast on their way out. But only but one yes. of the six. Well, only one of the six. So she lit six, correct. So they meet the bishop. Um, yeah. Who says that the churches belong to God, but he doesn't seem to care about them. But he yep. has uh, other priorities. Yep. And he doesn't seem to care about the church restoration at all. And John keeps trying to tell him about these things that he needs to tell him. And he's just not, not interested. Well, he's also like, dude, you're late. Like you're an hour and a half, an hour, hour and a half ago, even though I'm sure Italian time, it's probably a little bit okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would be my guess. But he's not really interested. He also is, I think, more interested in, um, cause Laura looks all renewed and like, mm-hmm. she's like kind of, you know, asking questions. The church, the priest, the bishop guy also looked a little creepy to me too. Cause mm-hmm. I felt like he was checking her out. Yeah. She is smoking hot. So I get it. She is like gorgeous, luminous. So he was just like, okay, well, like what's happening? But she really wants has a little sinister side to him. Yeah, but she also seems like she really wants to connect and like talk with him though, because I feel like she kind of has this renewed questions about Mm -hmm. churchy things that she would like to talk with him about too. He asked her point blank, "Are you Christian?" Oh, the priest asked her, and she says. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So you get that she really is like in this like question space. And like John later is like, when they finally get back, he's like, why did you say that? And yeah. she's like, well, I don't know. Like she's like very open. It seems. Like and I, I, could, I could see if someone like, if you, you and your spouse have always been atheist, nothing. And all of a sudden they start to be like, maybe like, I got to like, light candles. And like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we agreed on this thing. Uh, so they go home to get ready to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to go out for the evening. And he's, uh, so we see like him, he's an artist, he's an architect. He, he like has all of these very artistic, creative things yeah. that he does. Um, and I love them just getting ready together. I think that like, you know, like this them. This is the hottest scene. Yeah. Well, we're going to get, we're going to get there. Let's like, they're going to get, they're getting to get in so dress first. They're yeah. They get in dress and he's like sitting there first. painting like naked we get like infinity mirror toddles of an ass it's mm-hmm. amazing he's in his prime in this film i'm yeah. gonna let the people know they both are um both smoking hot and they're both naked for a good amount of time right now <laughs> they are but you know and I, but it's not like gross naked yes. it's like cool like like adults like oh they're getting ready for the evening and just mm-hmm. like happy like they both look actually joyous after they've gone through this trauma together like that maybe like their lives are going to be okay right now. Yeah. And that they're just like, they're just like a married couple who just like have been around each other and seen each other. But now like they're starting to see each other again. And I think mm-hmm. they haven't seen each other for a while, even mm-hmm. if they've been together. Right. Um, 
and like it's just like it's so natural i think that that's the thing about like you know the so we have the, this scene this infamous sex scene right mm-hmm. and i think it's infamous because it's natural it looks like real it looks normal it and looks it, like it regular it doesn't look hollywood it doesn't look fake it mm-hmm. looks like they're really just having sex and like yeah. they're like, enjoying themselves but and they like communicating also- with each other especially yeah. with her like ribbing him about like what are those on you he's like what she's like those lumps on the side of your body and he's like what my little love handles or whatever yeah. he's like got like negligible love handles anyway so cute and they're but like, they're so playful with each other yeah, they're like you know she's eating toothpaste off his mouth and they're like rolling around on newspapers and like it's a very like unsexy but very sexy because because mm-hmm. it's normal. Well, also the sexy part too is like the the editing, as you talked about so much in this film already, right. is the cuts between um, they have the cuts of them like love making, but then they cut to like them putting on their clothes afterwards, like, afterwards and remembering about, it. Yeah. You can see them remembering what portion they're like thinking about and what they're remembering in that moment, like putting on her boot and like feeling like his hand on her leg kind of a thing or like, it's really sweet. Um, I even love like right before too, like when the maid walks in accidentally too, like to bring them towels and she's yeah. like, Oh, this is a moment. She yeah. like hightails it out of there. Like, oh, you're naked, sir. Sorry about that. Yep. <laughs> then they go out from the hotel to go out to go eat. Yeah, that we're getting to. Yes. Yeah, and her outfit, her like little silver like mm-hmm. shirt, is really nice. And they're going down this alleyway, and like they find they're lost. Yeah, they get she, very lost. But she says that she doesn't mind being lost in Venice because it's lovely. But he goes down this alleyway where there's like rats, and he's touching the wall. He's like, I know this place, but mm-hmm. he's never been there before. So there's something, there's some weird. weird connection all of a sudden. And he's had this the whole film too. It feels like he's been fighting some sort of connections that he had, like you said from the very beginning when he realized that it, like something was wrong, and he ran outside to go find his daughter. He's had like. Like, even within the editing, again, they've cut to, like, little things where you can see, looks like cold follows him or, mm. like, little things that were, that don't seem of this world happen around him. Yeah, but he does, he's, he's too solid to notice, right? Like, he's like, I'm not, I mean, he's too not, rational to notice. Right, nothing mm-hmm. else, nothing exists, so I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. it. And it's not letting mm-hmm. his, perhaps his powers come through. Right, so he sees, like, a little child running, looks like maybe in a red coat. yes. And then all of a sudden, in that moment, shortly thereafter, they find the real world, as he calls it again. And then all of a sudden, there's civilization and there's people. And they, oh, now we know where we're at. But they went on like a little detour. Yes, a little strange detour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have this terrifying scene. So all we have many of these scenes of the Italian restoration team who are doing this cathedral. And every single one of them made me so fucking nervous. And this first one, like he's on this giant ladder up to like just put this sculpture up. And they're just he's just like straddling ladders. I'm like, what are you doing? He's got no safety. Safety harnesses no. on. This is like pre like hard hat, you guys. You know what I mean? The, yeah, like, no this hard is hats, like no whatever. There's no like high vis, high res, anything. Like, but is this like part of his character? Is he like courting death? Does he not care if he dies? I think he, yeah, I think he's like, I think uh, honestly, a lot of this, um, that kind of energy reminded me a little bit of annihilation, like that idea mm-hmm. of like, we're our own self-destruction do you know what i mean like i feel like he constantly as much as he fights it he really does lean into it though too Mm -hmm. like his behaviors he drinks too much you know like there's stuff that he's like constantly pushing stuff to the literal edge yeah literally he's hanging on the edge of a church pushing into you know this like gargoyle statue thing on the edge of the church and like with no no support and these guys that barely know english with him you know that are he's counting on for help and they don't seem very helpful these guys no they don't but um laura's waiting for him to be done and all of a sudden um the ladies happen to be there she just runs into them uh uh-huh. well he kind of sees out of the corner of his eye that he sees them walk by as he's 
straddling the side of the building and then she wanders off to find them and i was like oh no and he can see it happening and he can't do anything to stop Mm -hmm. it uh but you know they're just oh it's very natural we just ran into you ha ha how weird Mm -hmm. but actually so then laura asks and laura asks the ladies like do you ever you know you have this communication with the dead like can you talk to them can you Mm -hmm. and i think this i really like this answer that um wendy gives they all want a lot of mumbo jumbo about ectoplasm and holding hands. Second sight is a gift from the good Lord who sees all things. I consider it an impertinence to call his creatures back from rest for our entertainment. Yeah. Straight up. She's like, yeah, we don't do this like, like that. Like this is legit. Right. We don't do it for like entertainment. This is literally like, a, 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 like sometimes a problem. Like they're talking about it's a curse as well as a gift is what they also talk about too. And they look like mm-hmm. they do on one hand and it depends on like some shots they do these, they really do look like, like sweet little ladies, you know, and she's blind and her sister's helping her. And then they have these other shots where like, they look crazy evil and you yeah. don't ever know whether to trust they them They look or like not. the minions of hell sometimes. Yeah. And it is terrifying. And that is, I think the whole kind of push and pull of this film is like, you don't know who's good or who's evil. Like mm-hmm. even by the time, you know, we get to these inspectors, like we saw like looking at the, you know, inspecting the, the um, yeah. murders that are happening in the city. I'm like, everyone looks quite dodgy in this yeah, film. I was like, why does the <laughs> inspector general basically guy look like he's the one who killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, like, he and he's covering it up. Like his face looks guilty <laughs> as hell. So I was like, all right. Uh, so um, the, the but lady- they, ladies say that John has the gift. Yes. And they let her know, like basically like he has it, but he doesn't want to really acknowledge it. And he doesn't want to deal with it. Right. Cause she tells them that he, he knew that Christine was dead before mm-hmm. she was dead. So we all know now that this is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they invite her back for tea. Right. Uh, which he declines. And I really, this is the one point of his character. I'm like, come on, man, just go with her. Like, you're going to have to sit there for like 45 minutes, but just go. Cause like, you know, he lets her go alone a lot in this movie. And that makes me angry too. Cause I was like, dude, yeah, just go with her. Like, she's like, you already said she's kind of fragile. Like by the time, right. you know, like, you know what I mean? And it's like, not like you're going anywhere. You're just going to go sit and wait in a bar. So just go with her. And so, you know, of course, like if he had it, things would have turned out differently. Right. But as it is, or maybe not, who knows? Or not. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's all already planned. Mm-hmm. It seems like it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go to, she goes to their late, their late house and they want yeah. her to have this drink, have this whiskey. I was like, why drink? are they pushing this drink on her? Oh. I was like, is it like poison? Yeah. I was like, I don't trust that. They keep pushing it. And yeah. she's like, no, just some water. And like, oh, water, we can do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got that. But then I'll, again, I'll get it for you. Sure. But then again, cut to like this beautiful editing too. Like we cut to John sitting at the bar and he's drinking whiskey and said, and looking through his glass. And I was like, ooh, looking glass. We got glass. We got slides mm-hmm. again. All these like looking through things. I was like, ooh, what's the next layer? But then I was like, are these ladies witches? What is this? And then they do. The craziest fucking seance scene of all time. What the hell is going on here? I you mean, have a blind lady ecstatically rubbing her breasts, screaming yes. And I can't. I mean, <laughs> Wes is like, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's just an upsetting way to call spirits. It actually reminds me of like the notations in Crucible because that's basically what they say it looks like an oh. orgy or like when these people go in these seances or in these like trances trying to like communicate. It's like a sexual thing? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, yes. It's very much described that way and a lot of like lore and, and whatnot and like um, accounts. And that's what people were uh, also called women hysterical and stuff like that too. Uh-huh. Cause it's kind of all linked with that same thing. Okay. The hysteria that you feel in that space right. when you're channeling something and yeah, it is a lot. And I was like, Oh, uh, that's put me like, I was like, now 
that put me solidly that it was evil once that happened versus it being like a positive thing. I was like, I don't want to know anything from this lady now. I was terrified. She seemed like, wow, she worked herself up in a fervor and she was like amazing and so excited by it. I was like, really, (laughs) lady? Like, that was kind of of scary. Uh, But she just, uh, all she, we never, all we ever get out of her is she says John a couple of times Mm -hmm. and then breaks down crying. Uh, And so Lori is asking, like, what What did did you see? What what did she say? What did Mm -hmm. she say? And I'm like, I don't think she was talking to Christine. And if it was, it wasn't a good conversation. But she never really tells her, except that she says, like, there's a warning. Yeah. Like you need to get out of... Your life is in danger. You need to leave Venice. Um, so pass the warning, as the mm-hmm. tagline says. Um, and he's not really buying it. And he's kind of getting real angry. And yeah, he's annoyed now because he was glad that when she turned a corner and she was you know, seemingly set free. Right. And now it seems like she's attached and now it's deeper and now she's not free anymore. Now she's attached to this idea Mm -hmm. that Christine is there. And so I think he's growing a concern like, Oh, it would have been fine if that was like a one-time thing and now she's free, but now she's even more locked up than before. And I think that's why he's so pissed. Yeah. So they have a very uncomfortable scene where he yells uh, repeatedly that their daughter's dead at her. Um, uh, and then ask her and she's like, do I need to take my pills? And he's she, like, yes. He's like, yes, yes please do. Yeah, they but, are. Here's the water. And she doesn't take it as, you know, any good movie <laughs> moment when you say, take your pills. They put it on their tongue or do something. She slides it up her sleeve and doesn't take the pill. Ah. Uh. I think yeah. she should probably should take that pill. <laughs> I honestly, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they get a phone call that uh, their son, Johnny, had an accident and he got burned on the forehead. Yeah, like some crazy hit, fall, burn, something altogether. So Laura is going to leave to go to the UK. And again, why doesn't he go with her? Go with her, please. Honestly, I was like yelling at the screen. <laughs> I was like, dude. She needs you to go. She's and, fragile and she didn't take the pill. You need to follow up with her. And they just told you to get out of Venice. So like, this is your sign to get out of yeah. Venice, right? Like all the signs point to like, get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. But he does not. So they go through this whole rigmarole of getting her out of there. Um, finding a thing up the earliest morning, they leave at like 4 a.m. and trying to get her on a plane. They're getting on her boat to get her on a plane, like yep. all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes to see like the bishop and like the, the, he's trying to like get all this stuff done. Um, he dives back into work, which is what he does when he's stressed out. Right. So he literally is like, no, I'm going to stay in work. So he's there. And the bishop even says, dude, you should have left. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you not with your wife right now? Like, I, yeah, he just can't, he can't get over it. So, but the bishop brought with him those, uh, nice mosaics and he's going to go, go up on that, uh, nice rickety rigmarole to go yeah, check he's it out. Climb up another, um, unsafe structure, um, in this very old, old church to go look and make sure the mosaic pieces match from the moment he steps on it. You're like, please, please don't do that. And then, you know, it's like the scene. I mean, he's literally hanging on like a piece of wood. Yeah. Held up by like four strings, mm-hmm. like of rope, basically, and also on this piece of wood, there is a glass above his head, and like mosaics, <laughs> like glass mosaics everywhere, uh, and just one board. It just takes one board to come crashing down, and that thing breaks. And him, like this scene goes on forever, and he's hanging up there. Oh yeah, for he's swinging so and hanging. Long. He's also clearly intoxicated because he's been drinking pretty much this whole time too. So I think he's still drunk. Mm still trying to like avoid. And then now he's like, 
well, here I am just swinging, like facing mortality. Yeah. He almost looks like giddy, but also terrified and like so he, many emotions. He, I think it's the like, oh, I knew this was going to happen because mm-hmm. they told me it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then like the Italian guy's trying to get him to come in, but he has to like push him out to swing him in. And you're like, Jesus, yeah. what are you doing, man? I mean, and literally I was scared because they, the thing that they're pushing him out with was like that pole or yeah. like that thing. And I was like, we just watched like Shaun of the Dead. And I was like, um, uh-huh. that reminds me of that lady getting impaled in the backyard. And yeah. that's what it looks like. And I was like, don't get him. I was like, is he going to get impaled right now? Like, I was like, how does he die? How does he die? <laughs> it's, I'm going to blow your mind here. Donald Sutherland, all that himself. That's him up there. The stuntman wouldn't do it. <laughs> the stuntman. He's like, well, I guess I got it. Yeah, I don't blame him because it. it is awful. Yeah. And he could have died right he's there. so high up in the air. That's crazy. Donald Sutherland, so much respect for you. Are you kidding? God, he's amazing. Oh. But like the feeling, the feeling of relief, like when he gets back on that platform, you're like, for Jesus. everybody, like literally everybody. I was like, oh, I think my shoulders were like up to my like ears <laughs> and I was like, oh, my jaw. I could let it like release. And he goes for a walk from the bishop afterwards and it was like, yeah, the bishop's like, do you want to sit down? He's like, no, 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 I need to walk. And he's like, okay, let's walk together. And he's like, uh, they, I might, they, I, these women, my, my, they told me, they told me my life. There's was a prophecy. Danger. There's a prophecy that I was in danger mm-hmm. and I didn't listen to it. And here we are. Yeah. And the bishop's like, well, I believe in prophecies and I listen to them because mm-hmm. I have to. So maybe you should maybe listen. <laughs> um, he sees as he's uh, taking the boat home, another body being fished out of the la- out of the uh, canals, yeah. which is pretty gnarly. It's actually, like, as they're walking together, he and the mm-hmm. bishop wind, like see this and they're like, uh, yeah. And the bishop makes like, you know, does a little blessing for that body. And this goes on a long time too. I was like, Oh, it's they're really involved, showing. like dredging, like what it means to and dredge a canal. So horrible that people just like stand around and watch because of poor, of course people stand around and watch. What else but- are you going to do? 1973. I don't know. Venice. Like there's I'm, not like there's more than like two channels probably. And like, this is, I understand. And also all these people are dying. So maybe they know they want, maybe they know her. Maybe they want to see if they can ID her. Yeah. I, I just would walk away from that. I would not. You wouldn't look? No. I would definitely look. Don't look now, man. Oh, I guess that is the name of the movie. <laughs> I was like, shit, I, I, I did it wrong. I definitely would look. Done. Um, dead. So, so as, yeah. he, as he's going home um, on the boat, he sees, uh, going the other way, uh, a, a funeral boat with Laura and the ladies on it. Yeah. And he calls out to her and he's like, what, what, what the fuck? She was supposed to be on the plane to Venice. And he's with these crazy ladies. Mm-hmm. This is not good. So she, he thinks she lied to him. Yeah. And she's now been kidnapped or drugged or something yeah. into with these ladies. So he goes on like a, a rampage to try to find her. And he goes back to like where they were staying, but they've already like closed up for the season. Cause it's like the end of their time there. They've already had packed up and, and were ready to get out of there. So Laura wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes to the police yeah, and this detective, this detective, the most unhelpful, like, greasy, and can't even feign interest. Like his words sound like he's interested, but he is not interested in the slightest. I mean, as he's like as doodling, like, yeah, he had the police sketches done, and then he literally doodles over the police sketches of these women, and he's like, yeah, they look like everybody. I don't know. Don Sutherland's like crying on his couch, and he's just like, no, don't fucking care. Yeah, what a horrible man. He is really terrible, and he hasn't followed. Oh. No, and he also has those great lines too. He's talking about like, well, women of a certain age, they all oh, seem to yeah. converge and, and they're all the same. Like basically. men get more unique yeah. and women get more the same. And I was like, hmm, kind like, of true. I was like, patriarchy though. I think that's patriarchy. I think you, he's less interested in women as the uh, years go on. <laughs> I see what and it is. Because he doesn't find them attractive anymore because they're not interesting anymore to him. I think that's part of it. He's kind of a terrible policeman no matter what you he do. He is awful. And I was like, do we trust this detective? I was like, he's fucking creepy too. <laughs> Sends detectives to follow him. 
So and, now Donald Sutherland's got a tail. Yeah, and he's going and looking, trying to find this apartment again. And of course, Venice is very confusing and he can't find his way around. He keeps seeing Christine in the little red jacket, um, but finally finds the bar that he was drinking at when he was waiting for for Laura mm-hmm. and goes in and they're gone. They have those ladies The place gone. is packed the fuck up. It is empty, empty, empty. And the sisters are gone now. Um, they've upgraded. We cut to them upgraded to this nicer, newer mm. um, place. And um, now he's going to go and see the bishop too so he goes to see the bishop but then we f- uses the phone and finds out that laura's actually fine she's in england just she's like england. she was supposed to be and i'd written a note i was like is this a vision that mm-hmm. he had that he d- denied is she really there well sh- i think it was a vision it looks like yeah she's doing fine and she's like oh johnny's great i'm gonna come back tonight i was like why is she going back to venice he still need he should fly out there to her yeah still like damn it why aren't they leaving <laughs> their plans are a little mm, not great and um, she seems giddy happy, though, which is also kind of like, I'm glad she's happy that Johnny's fine. But I also was like, she, I think she wants to come back to hang out with those ladies, though, too. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the feeling, that junkie mm-hmm. kind of feeling is like, I need to get back to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and But he ends up, he finds out that uh, the because she knows now that Laura's fine and the girls have been, ladies have been arrested because the, he had said that they were maybe up to something. Yep. And now he has to go get them and he feels really bad because now he just had some old ladies arrested. Yeah, and the only one who's in jail is the old blind one. And she's <laughs> Heather. Like, it's, it sounds weird in here. I don't know where I am. Uh, She's totally disoriented. Imagine being blind and you're like in a jail and it's just, it's not good. And you don't speak the language. Um, so he ends up taking her back. Um, and then there's this kind of cross wires thing of Laura right. comes back, but the taxi right. man's been and Laura- told to take her to the police station. Well, yeah, because she, that's where he was. He was with her there. Right. And so like, he's been told to take her there because that's where they're going to meet up. Um, but it's just a hot mess. And she had even left England so hastily. She didn't even say goodbye to Johnny, like mm-hmm. before she left and everything too, which yeah. I thought was crazy. Yeah. They're like, do you want to say goodbye to your son? She's like, no. She's like, no. I was like, really? Mm. So this is already like her energy is way off mm-hmm. as she gets there. Yeah, because when she's talking to her on the phone, he's like, mm-hmm. he d- sounds like she d- he doesn't she doesn't sound like herself. She sounds she's weird. not even listening to him either. Yeah. Like he's say, trying to say things to her, and she's like, and not answering his questions, not listening at all. So anyway, so the cross wires that's already stopping her started before. Like as soon as they separated the day before, like yeah. it's like all been haywire. So yeah, so now that is like misdirection, misdirection. Like she lands up at the jail after he's already t- gone to the women. He leaves the women and then she ends up at the women's place. Right. So uh, he, uh, he drops a woman off and the Wendy, the blind one, starts having a seizure of some sort. And, and Heather's the blind one. Oh, Heather's the blind mm-hmm. one. Um, and, and so his sister tells her, tells her to get out. So he does, but she, the other sister, the blind one saying, no, don't. Don't mm-hmm. get out. Get him back. Get like him I back. need him back. Cause I actually, him back. Yeah. And so not blind sister. Yeah, Wendy. Wendy, Wendy mm-hmm. is the one who is like, she seems evil. Because if she doesn't she really seems like go she uses the to, sister. Yeah, and she doesn't really go get him. Like she's she not. She should like book it down there and like grab him. And she's just like, ah, I'm kind of wander around. She's oh, like things are going to happen. Laura's here. Great. Come on up. Like doesn't really try to help. So he starts you know and then, then again there's this editing of them like you know going back and forth and running around and he's seeing the red coat again and she's mm-hmm. just missing where he is mm-hmm. and he's following this red coat following this red coat and he's been so rational this entire film and now this he's is just, the turn he just like he's broken and he's just like okay yeah. this is it like i just have to follow my daughter and here yeah. she is because he's been fighting the visions this whole time i think finally he this is the time when he's like well i just after seeing this woman also, you know, like, he's like, okay, I guess I need to like really do this. And it's crazy too. I love the description that the sisters have too. Um, one of them, she talks about, 
um, he- uh, Heather's talking about how she likes walking around here. Um, but her other sister, Wendy, is frightened because she feels like you get lost in there. And they called it like aspic, like that, mm-hmm. you know, like jello, like old stew jello. Mm-hmm. It's like everything is very hard to see and you're hard to figure out. But she feels it's much clearer for her and Heather in the space because she can actually see things and find her way around this crazy city because of the sounds. And so he's being guided by sounds and yes. by sight and by, he really leans into all these senses now because mm-hmm. he has them all compared to her too. So he ends up following uh, the red coated figure mm-hmm. into an abandoned church and uh, goes up into a loft area. He can hear uh, it sounds like a little girl crying and just back. And so it's just, all you have is this person in a red cloak turning, facing the corner crying. And it's, terrifying you know please don't turn around please please don't turn around and when it turns around it's a little person Mm -hmm. it's a little person lady and who has a knife who's a murderer who is the murderer she's the murderer so who has been luring people by pretending she's a little crying girl a little lost child Mm -hmm. slitting their throats and the most horrible thing about it is when he turns she turns around and she starts bringing the knife out of her pocket and john just says wait wait like he can stop it. Like he, he's so frozen. They can't do anything. Uh, and she just slices his throat so bad. And we get this horrible convulsing blood squirting out of his neck, Italian blood, red craziness. That's he's just shaking and shaking. Awful. And it's just cr- like artery bleed out, artery bleed out. But there's also church bells going off during this whole yeah. sequence. And then again, we have this incredible editing and his life is like flashing before his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these beautiful moments we've seen in the film and like the, some of the not so beautiful moments, everything comes before him. And um, it turns out that the the boat he saw with Laura and the ladies on it was his own funeral boat. It was the prophecy. Mm-hmm. So the sisters weren't wrong. Mm-hmm. He needed to get out of there. But so they were actually right. They were actually trying right. to help him the whole time. They right. were actually good. Right. And do we think that the detectives actually get this little lady at this point? Because like Laura saw it kind of too and like mm. was there. Maybe. I feel we like maybe so. like they were like, I don't know, used him to lure. Like he's the final victim, but now they have the, the I monster. Hope. I don't know. Um, I think this film's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think the atmosphere is amazing. The editing is incredible. The performances are great. The script looks tight. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really well done. And just like the whole tension the whole time, because you're just not sure what to believe or who to yeah. trust as well. Cause everybody seems like a suspect the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like, it. Oh, ever, at different points. You're like, <laughs> Oh, I think Laura, no, she's kind of crazy now. And you're like, Oh, but he's no, he's crazy now. Like everyone, yeah. everyone switches. Everyone's very human. Yeah. Everyone seems like they f- are flawed and weird yeah. and have their things. Even the guy who like runs the inn or whatever, mm-hmm. like was like, dude, I'm trying to like live my life here. Get out of here. Like yeah. he was like all accommodating before. Yeah. And then like everybody has a turn. Like, well, I'll, I'll like, yeah, it's awesome. Well, I, I really like Nicholas Rowe. Cause I like his kind of natural way of filmmaking. Like it just seems like it's real life. Like mm-hmm. these, you would, you could meet these people and they, they seem very real. So gore factor mm-hmm. one, not enough blood to fill the Dixie cup Two, a puddle of blood, three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag. And we give don't look now a two, two. a puddle of blood, which is basically all we get at the end of him bleeding out. Yeah. With that artery. It's pretty gross though. It is very gross. Um, uh, movie ratings, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastical. Um, this film, I give a four. Okay. I think it's freaking awesome. I loved it. I love the acting. I love like the style. I love the performances. Yeah. Uh, I give this film a five. Awesome. Fantastic Oracle. I really don't 
see how you could do this kind of film better. I can't see a better cast. I can't see like everything just is super re- tight, super perfect. I really enjoy it. And it's, it, it's affecting. I feel mm-hmm. like it's very haunting. It is very haunting. Um, Those ladies are crazy. We're going to go to a film next week. Also, haunting might be involved. Uh, We're going to talk about Mike Flanagan's film, Absentia. Yes. I'm excited. Julia's so excited. Her little face, her little nose crinkled up. She's so excited. Mike Flanagan. She's such a Mike Flanagan man, and I love you for it. You love him so much. It's so great. Um, I, I'm with you on that. His stuff is really, really interesting and fun. And, and it's got the kind of Julia scare that she likes. It makes uh-huh. you all nervous and a little, little, little tension the whole, yeah. mo- whole movie time. And it's, and it's smart. It's very smart. Um, so please check us out. We do have a Patreon that we would love you to join. We have so much cool stuff that we give. We have newsletters. We have interviews. We have photos. And we talk about things that we go and do together. And Because we're yeah. really best friends, guys. We're not it's just, it's not real just life. for the podcast. No, it's really not just for the podcast. I know we came in today and we were like for, to record and we like just hugged. And then I was like, can I hold you a little longer? And Wes is like, oh, has it been a long time since you saw each other? We're like, five days. <laughs> That's a long time. That's forever. It's usually like two or three days yeah, so this was gotta great get, gotta get that terry we time. missed we missed a, a day this week so um thank you guys so much check us out also on twitter and um instagram and facebook like us and if you could write a review on facebook yeah, that would yeah. be super helpful actually um that's something we're looking at um the people look at can help find us that way as well too if you want to share us on someone on, on a page as well too that's very very helpful yes so um thank and you also for listening. yeah thank you so much for listening and thank you guys who those of you who have also um Talk to us on our uh, what's the Apple Podcast that have given us reviews on there. We really appreciate that. iTunes, that, yeah, it's called Apple Podcast now. They changed oh. the name a few months back. Julia doesn't check that part of this podcast. <laughs> well, they, iTunes, all iTunes is dead. That's Apple Podcast now. Foot out of my mouth. Now. It's Apple Music or Apple <laughs> Apple Podcast. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> all right, <laughs> sorry. Bye.